I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Do you know what today is? Today is, uh, you're not going to know. Exactly two months until my birthday. Woo. Aww. I don't know. Well, wait, is it? Well, two months date wise. I don't know if it's exactly two months amount of days wise. But is that today as we're recording or today oh, as when this comes out? When we're recording. Uh-huh. 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 Two months okay. just passed until my birthday. <laughs> so now it's less than two months. Just saying. How have you been? Um, I've been pretty decent. Pretty decent. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, this is funny. This will mean nothing to you um, okay. initially, but stick with it and it will. Okay. There's a, a football coach that I used to really respect. Sorry, I tuned out John already. Gruden. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Just kidding. Guy named John Gruden. His nickname was Chucky. Okay. Because he just made this scowling face and like there's all these memes of him looking like Chucky. Ew. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny. And he's like a pretty tough guy, but a really good quarterback coach and a really good coach. He coached the Raiders for a long time, left and then came back. And he just got fired because they found a 10-year-old email of him making a reference to somebody in a pretty racially fucked up way. Like his reference was a little. Oh, I heard about that. I didn't read it. I didn't read it it or pick up the name, but I saw the headline. What was interesting is I realized I got called out by a friend of mine because my initial go-to whenever I hear anything like that for anyone, no matter what the the issue is, is I kind of go, well, well, let's not rush to judgment. Let's like see what was really going on and see what this is about. And and uh, really understand right. context. I'm not saying anything was okay. I just want to get all the information before I jump to a conclusion, right? Right. And, you know, my friend was saying, well, why are you defending somebody that said something really insensitive and, and fucked up? I don't know. But that's a default of mine is I initially go to that. And they were like, you would never say any of anything like that. I'm like, no, you can read all of my emails. I never said anything like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand the basic concept, but the other part of that is, you know, there's three sides to every story. I get it. If it's in black and white evidence right. wise, I don't know. I just think there's a lot that's behind. I can't probably, I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I just think, first of all, as a therapist and the kind of person that leads one to become a therapist is, initial like compassion and empathy. Mm. So I guess the initial non-judgment is kind of our norm. Yeah. You know, like when you hear something on social media of like, well, so-and-so said this and like, but what was the context of them saying that? Cause you can take anything out of context and make it sound any way you want. But if somebody was trying to make a point and illustrating something and you take one little piece of that out and they go, wow, look at this. They sound so bigoted and so this. Or if it was, no, no, I said I was quoting a movie about how the movie they were doing. You right. Know, and it's it's you got to look at what somebody's intention is, what they what they mean by what they're saying. And I get that. I also, you know, my friend's point when I was talking about you know the football coach was when you know your intention is good, so you don't have to worry about these things. People whose intention isn't good should worry. Right. Yes. Kevin Hart said something and 10 years ago, it's why he couldn't host the Oscars one year. And people do that all the time. Yeah. Can we learn from mistakes? I certainly hope so. Right. I mean, yeah. the answer to that is yes for me. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty hard for you because you're already pretty damn good. Yeah, oh, you're so sweet. I was going to say, God, if people <laughs> knew me 10, 15, now like 15, 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> 30, 35. Yeah. You had a lot of learning. Uh, That's why I think it's funny that in our friendship, we've had gaps of like many years where we didn't know each other. Seeing you go from like a a little punk ass 13 year old to like a hipster 22 year old was like, whoa, okay, that's different. And then in your early twenties to when you hit 30, like, oh, now you got your shit mostly together. Mostly. Mostly. Totally. (laughs) You know, what's funny 
the other day, I have a client right now who's, who's on probation and he's, he's a good guy and just like had a bad night and he's applying to get his real estate license. And, and I was looking at the thing with him and he's like, can I just write no when and ask, cause if you've ever been convicted of literally anything it says besides a traffic ticket. And I'm like, no, you can't say no. You are literally on probation right now. And I literally spent like a couple hours doing it. And I was like, okay, here's the email. You're going to write to your PO. And I was like, you're welcome for me having gone through this already. (laughs) You're welcome for (laughs) to have a therapist who also had to get arrested and who also had to, for both therapist license and being a lawyer license, had to Mm -hmm. send in all the information on what happened. So, yeah. That's a nice lesson in transparency and honesty because there's something about, as you well know, we think that, oh, I don't want to tell anybody about this. And if I don't say anything, then it's going to be okay, right? Right. Wrong. Wrong. It's not going to be okay. You might not get caught and it might seem to be okay, but you're going to hold on to that and it's going to tell you that it's, it's okay to be deceptive. It's okay to not tell the truth and you're going to carry that weight around with you. I don't know. I I mean, there might be some people out there that can lie about things like that, lie about pretty fundamental things, and they sleep just fine at night and they have no issues. And I hear that in relationships a lot where people will be like, do I have to tell my partner about this? Do I have to? You don't have to, but what's what's the natural consequence of that? Right. How is that going to be for you? Sure. When it comes to light, how are you going to feel about that? I don't know. That initial guilt or shame or embarrassment about it or fear that you might not get the job or you might not, whatever it will be. It's interesting. I was, I was thinking about the other day when I was listening to episode of Sarah, I was wondering when the, and if she is going to tell her kids about her entire life story of being in the cult. I mean, it's a big deal. Oh yeah. It's huge. Cause there, one of her kids is in high school, starting high school. Yep. About to start high school. That's right. And again, I go at her pace. There's still something, I mean, you said this, I think last week, Mara, was her boyfriend was in the cult too. Yeah. How did that happen? How was that conversation? How did that go? I think in a, a lot of relationships and new relationships, we want to hide these parts of ourselves because we don't think that it's going to be accepted or we feel such guilt, shame, or embarrassment about it. And some of the strongest relationships that I've heard of and been in are the ones where you just kind of go, hey, here I am. Here's, yes, I did get arrested in your case, not mine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes I, I was in a cult in Sarah's case, not mine. And, you know, whatever it might be. And you just say, here I am, warts and all. And give the person an opportunity to then see you and accept you for that. And it's, yeah, I think those, those are the strongest relationships that I know of have that very early on. Totally. Maybe not first date. Maybe not first date. Yeah, probably but, not. No. No, no, that would be weird. That's a little TMI. I did a, but... I did a second date. You did? I did a second date. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. Get that shit out there quick. Yeah, sure. So. Wherever you're listening to us, if you haven't already, rate us. Hit the little stars at the bottom. If you hit five, that's cool. If you hit four, that's fine. Anything less, don't hit them. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, it, it, it helps. We need we need it. We are listener supported 100%. We have no ads, no sponsorship. Yet. We'll bring yet. it to you <laughs> out of the goodness of our hearts and wallets. And uh, if you can support us, we have the Patreon up now. We're going to have a store soon. That's almost done. Sure, Doug. Almost done. <laughs> hey, look, I keep saying it. I'm teasing it. I got the Patreon up. That's up. That's that's looking good. Perfect. And there's some goodies on there. The the merch. I'm excited about the merch. There's some things. It's funny. I have a couple sample items. Yes. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to wear them because I don't want to mess them up. I'm like what? Douglas. It's crazy. Yeah, you tip my tank top back, but I do have the mug. I know you kept the mug. Although I have the hat. The hat looks better Fuck than you. you. <laughs> want it? Yes. Looks good on me though. Wait, are you gonna wear the tank top? I don't want to see you in the tank top, to be honest. <laughs> just so you know, but it, it, it looks good with my, uh, my onesie swimsuit. <laughs> it's not called a onesie swimsuit. <laughs> it's called a one piece. Oh, one piece. <laughs> my onesie swimsuit. What are you wearing a wetsuit in the pool? That's amazing. Kind of remember, remember Popeye. He would always wear a onesie. 
or oh, a, yeah. what did you call it? A one piece. A one piece. One piece. Well, yeah. Was his like a wrestling outfit? Wasn't he also Popeye the sailor, like presumably in the Navy or something? Yeah. I don't Popeye know why the he sailor wouldn't just wear like Speedos. <laughs> I don't know. Cause it was 1950 or some shit. Right. Yeah. The one piece Popeye swimsuits. That's uh, it looks almost like a, like that tank top onesie. Is it like a leotard? Yeah. I mean, it did look like a leotard or a wrestling outfit. But, okay. Uh, that's yeah. We are not featuring the. Popeye One Piece on our merch store. Not yet, <laughs> but if we keep talking about it, we might. <laughs> also, we are so we are going to let you listen to the episode now to the to the session because we're now talking about fucking Popeye and onesies, and clearly we've gone down a deep rabbit hole. Right off the deep end, which is the name of one of the tiers on our Patreon. <laughs> and Doug, what's our tagline? We're trying to include. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was very organically done. We said it, we said it on a Drew episode, which is what I thought was great. Cause I was saying, like, oh yeah, he's just living his life. And taking no shit, bitches. That's right. Okay. Um <laughs> oh, man, some things are better scripted. I you know what's better not scripted? The, the session? session with Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's head over to that. You guys head over. We'll wait here for you. And then you'll come back. We'll break it down. We will be right here waiting for you. I didn't sleep good last night and there's mm. no there's no rhyme or reason to that. I've always had right. issues with sleeping. And I think mm. that kind of I approach the day still with the same pizzazz and everything, but right. I don't right. have as much stamina. I would say to carry that through the whole day if I'm tired, but I think it's something more than that. And it's goes back to one of my biggest issues, which Mm. is pleasing people, making sure everybody's Mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. And this woman, her and I are our coworkers, but we work very closely together. So we usually play very nicely together. She takes medication for depression and for different things. Mm -hmm. So I know that her moods, logical mind knows her moods and her whatever's going on is not about me, but it's very hard for me not to take it personally. So it's been about a week Mm -hmm. of her just being off, you know, like not talking to me, not looking at me or in my eyes when she's talking to me. It it was very odd. So today I just felt sad about it or something. I don't know. I just felt Mm. finally like, okay, what is going on? Because I've asked her multiple times and she just sort of brushes it off. And today, finally, I was like, look, this is actually starting to affect me. Almost what you were starting to describe is she's a little depressed. She's a little off. She's a little down and it it radiates and I pick it up and being an empath and, and I, I, and it gets on me. And then I feel that way. It does. She gets in a mood. I sense it. Okay. What did I do this time to piss you off? Uh, and then I'll be like, okay, sorry. I, I, I hear you. I understand. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to try and make it better. But there's been a few times and this time in particular where she won't put a voice to what is going on. And that makes me anxious. It's physical. I, I can literally feel her, whatever is going on, but she won't put a voice to it. Mm-hmm. Finally, when I said, look, we need to go into a room and we need to talk because this is too much. Like It's stressful. I have so many other stresses at work right now with so many things going on. It's affecting me. And she's like, calm yourself. Not everything is about you. Like in this kind of voice. And I was like, well, obviously not everything right. is about me. But normally when you're having issues that don't involve me, we talk about them. Right. When they involve me, we don't talk unless I force you <laughs> to talk to me about it. Anyways, I don't know. Overall today, I've just been kind of blah. Yeah. There was, a, there was another thing yesterday where my ex-husband just, he does this to me on purpose. 
he mm. won't. So our son is going to start high school after summer. Mm. Can, can you, can you hold that thought for a second for me? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> okay. Can you take a deep breath? Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask you to take another one in a second. I'm going to talk for a second. Okay. I'm going to talk a little slower than I normally do, which kind of sucks for when you want to like get going and get all this stuff out. And there's a lot <laughs> that I can hear you. Because there's to get all in. these other things I want to talk about. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. And no, I'm, I'm breathing. <laughs> and it, it's hard because I'm shifting a gear right now. I'm sort of modeling how we can take a beat. Okay. Take another breath. I know you're slowing down and you're quiet, but you're not breathing. Want to be able to, to mark what you just told me and honor that there was something there, which we'll come back to. We're going to pace ourselves and we're going to try to slow our system down a little bit. And I appreciate that you're being quiet and you're, you look like you're going a little slower. You're, you're trying to breathe. There you go. Okay. You were being very quiet and listening you weren't breathing. You weren't exhaling. And we're, this is just us slowing the system down. Okay. What you're telling me about is an idea that you might intellectually understand, but you don't embody right now. And we're going to work on it in a way that's compassionate for yourself. It's, that's not my problem. And it's something where a lot of people will put their problems on you or just describe their problems and you'll take them on because you are a problem solver. That's okay. That's a good trait. I want to make sure you're not a problem taker honor, right? I am. <laughs> right? Because then you've got nothing but problems. And I almost apologize for this because I know it's like, it's my session. I want to tell you all this stuff and dump mm -mm. it out and get it out. But we're, we're giving ourselves some context. We're shifting gear. The way you described holding sun for the first time and what happened to you, I want to see if we can create that for you. And that's something that ultimately might come from yourself. Sometimes we need a hug. Sometimes we need that container and we need to be able to just slow down, take a breath. Okay. As I was doing all this and I was shifting, what's happening over there for you where you are? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being weepy today for some reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's kind of like you say, you know, you're like, there's something about having a hug from somebody who loves you and wants to protect you. And I feel like that is the, the same feeling or non-feeling I get when the people around me treat me the lack of care from somebody who normally does care and does love about or love you is hurt or I don't I don't even know I mean I think it is hurtful especially mm -hmm. because I don't know how to fix it <laughs> and I know that's right. one of my things we're working on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you're right. Like you said, and this is what I told myself the first three days. I was like, it's not actually my problem. And I try so hard to please her, but that in, in itself, I think is a problem because I shouldn't have to be making her happy all the time. That's correct. However, you know this intellectually, your system and how it got formulated yeah. doesn't agree with that. And it's in part a trauma response, trying to make sure everybody's okay. It's not so much having that warm embrace and having that hug in that container, knowing you're okay. It's making sure you're not in trouble, right? And that's from what you've told me about childhood, getting in trouble yeah. was severe. It was traumatic. You've gone through incredible trauma, incredible. And it leaves yeah. an imprint and your brain makes sense of things a certain way. So emotionally, what did I do? What's wrong? How do I fix this? We go into that, that almost panic state, that fight or flight, that anxious state. 
I need to fix it. I need to make it better. I'm not safe is what your system is shouting. Yep. I'm not safe. And that's how you spend a lot of your time. Yeah. Yeah, that's exhausting. Um, besides that, we also had like a like a super random instant death in the family, like back to back. Wow. So, you know, maybe it's all of that stuff combined. I'm not sure, but I haven't been at all reacting to that consciously, but I have a feeling that things are this week have sort of just been piling. (laughs) I, so son is going to start high school. Ex-husband. And I talked and because of his previous misbehavior, we decided that he would not go to the high school that all his friends and all the naughty kids that he was hanging out with and smoking weed with go to. He's not a bad kid. He makes bad decisions. He's 13, 14. He literally is supposed to make bad decisions. We we talked about that. <laughs> right, but right, we did. One way that ex-husband and I decided we could help him make better decisions was to send mm. him to a high school where he did not have all of those friends and all of those people that he was making these bad decisions with. I was already filling out all the forms and signing him up for this and that. And all of a sudden, son comes home and says, oh, I talked to dad. I'm going to go to high school. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm not saying you can't go there, but you, the two of you can't just, just make these decisions. Okay, mom. So dad says, I need to tell you this, this, and that. And I'm signed up for this, this, and that, and all these things. And I was like, um, I don't know how we're going to work that out. And bam, who's the bad guy, right? Always. Mm-hmm. It's not about what is best for son. It is about how do we make mom look like the worst mother ever. It's probably just because it's another thing on top of all the crap that's gone down this last week, but it is a theme with him. And right now, that one was especially hard because I had worked, I had done so much work so much work on both sides first with the first high school then with the second high school it's not fair it's just not fair so frustrating and it's just it's a it's a hard one to kind of put in its place because it affects my son and my relationship if it was just ex-husband pissing me off and being an asshole what's new i literally don't care but as soon as it affects what the children are feeling about me because of what he did. That is just so frustrating. It is. It it really is. It's frustrating. It's not fair. A lot of this is out of your control, which makes it even more frustrating. The things that you can control, like getting him into a different school and doing that. Yeah, you can do that. And then that gets undermined. We had agreed on one course of action, and then he just went totally behind my back, changed everything. <laughs> what, you, what you just did, that motion that you just did, I want a real one. You sort of screamed, but you didn't. I can't. I don't know how to real scream. It's against the law in my, in my house. I see you, I mean, alternatingly taking deep breaths, which is great hitting your vape. Okay. And you know, there's, there's a physical release we need from this. There's something that we need to do to release this. And it, it might be a scream into a pillow or something, you know, well, that, that- the rule is I, I don't do that. Let's break that rule because it, I mean, almost literally you're doing the opposite. Yes. Instead of screaming, I'm vaping, I'm taking in I'm, I'm breathing in. I'm trying to calm myself down. Yes, because screaming or yelling or angry, that's a lack of control Ah, to me. Ah, yes. 
I can feel my feelings, but I can also control when my kids have outbursts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. Wait, let's use our words. Let's right. talk with ex-husband. It's impossible. I cannot talk to the guy. I have tried everything. Yeah. So sure, yeah. maybe <laughs> a scream and a pillow is necessary when I'm on the subject of him. But to me, that is loss of control. Yelling, yes. screaming, that to me is, okay, you are out of control. You are the one with right. the issue, right. not the other person. Around you, what you've seen screaming is out of control. There is so much around you right now that is out of control. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you are trying your your darndest right now. And I see it. The deep breaths, the vapes. What we're talking about is sort of like the difference between seeing a, a wildfire just tear through a mountainside and burn hundreds of acres. And it's horrible and it's out of control. And you just can't wait till you hear that it's been contained. Okay, good. Because otherwise it's just raging and out of control. What I'm talking about is something that anybody that knows anything about the environment will tell you that it needs to burn. Not out of control like that, but I'm sure you've heard of a controlled burn. Yes. Right? Yeah. What we are going to do, if we can, is do a controlled scream a controlled burst a controlled (laughs) yes and that like i I mean you have the hand gestures you have the 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 mouth going you have everything but the actual release of something coming out because i think if i let it out it will be tears really i don't know i don't like to cry in front of people (laughs) well shit i'm your therapist that's gonna be a problem for us I know. So much is out of our control. And for you, that is unsafe. And the consequences are real and severe and traumatic. So what we've learned to do is be in control. And when it's in control, I'm safe. But I mean, the bad news of life is a majority of it, if not all of it, is out of our control. Yeah. It is, but your reaction to it can be in your control. That's my mindset. Yes. So yes, yes, when I found out these things about the death and my instant reaction was, of course, sadness and being upset, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my cousin is calling me bawling his eyes out and the kids are calling me bawling their eyes out. And so it's not for me to cry. It's not time for me i'm gonna stop you you know you were using but there they're calling me but like whoa she's denying her own feelings and you even said it it's not time for me to cry it's not but i keep it together i'm the one you are allowed to and you need to let that go let that out and experience what you're feeling it's a different kind of scary because it means what you're feeling is valid and is real. And that hasn't been your experience for most of your life. You've had to be in control, take over, fix, solve. And it's, it's exhausting. And you do it well. You're a fucking champ. You know, absolutely, you are. And we will celebrate that too. I'm not breaking it down and turning you into somebody that doesn't take care of shit. Hell no. You are fantastic at it. And not but, and in doing that, you have found a way to survive and thrive that has also taken a tremendous toll on you. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think it goes to, I mean, (laughs) my reaction towards everything, what I do, which is just sit there, take it, say, yeah, I'm I'm totally gonna try and do better and never react to anything. I'm not going to get all emotional and angry about it. I'm just going to carry on living my life because like you said, that's what I do. I don't need to, or I don't feel like getting upset at anybody for anything is, is 
and this may be how I rationalize it in my mind, but it doesn't seem like to me it is actually beneficial <laughs> to me. Figuring yeah. out what is yeah. the problem is what is beneficial. So I'm going to flip your lid and flip the script for a second and say, sometimes we need to go towards the anger to find out what's underneath it. If we don't, then we're suppressing it. And whatever's underneath it just sits there and festers and stews. And that <laughs> mode of suppression becomes too much. And it will, it will pop. Whether it pops outwardly or inwardly, it's going to happen. And I would say it's been inward for you for a long, long time. You are wound yes. super, super tight with all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, always with everything. Down to the simplest things. Like we were having an admin meeting today and there's this one girl who's just pissed and she just let it out. Just, <laughs> I don't know. She was just going, going. And right. I'm just saying, right. oh, oh my God. Like, is this really happening right now? Like in front of everybody, like what is happening? To me, it's so foreign when people feel their emotions out loud. They're probably right. I don't think she should have probably done that in front of everybody. But the right, emotion right. or the the fact that she was just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Like, fuck this. I'm tired of all this nonsense. I'm like, wow. You know, I never in my life never in a million years would I show that kind of out of control emotion ever to anybody, right. maybe right. besides boyfriend and a couple of my brothers and sisters. And even then I'm never right. out of control. Right. Right. And, and here's the thing, we're going to find a controlled way to express that stuff and to let that stuff out because it needs to come out. As you mentioned her going off on that, like that, you had this smile on your face that was undeniable. <laughs> There's a part of it that actually kind of goes, wow, look at that. <sighs> yeah. What right? that must that feel like to just yes. get that off yes. your chest? Yes. Consequences be damned. But I right. have to say, honestly, on the flip side... I think a little bit less of her now because I'm like, well, that was right. super unprofessional. <laughs> that, that was a wildfire. That was a wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> and we're looking for a controlled burn. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to start with this and we're doing this in therapy, not in an admin meeting. Yes. You're, you're learning how to do this with your therapist. You're not just airing your shit out in the middle mm -hmm. of a meeting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it here until I know for a fact that I'm not going to flip a switch and everything's right. just going to explode. I mean, that's part of the, why you wanted to do this work with me and why, why we're doing this this way and why I'm able to stop you, slow you down. And, and I can hear you say like, it's always been like that. Everything's like that. Wow. <laughs> Everything always those words. Yep. That's when it's binary. I only know controlled, contained, suppressed, yes, or out of control, crazy all over the place. For you, there's only, it, it's a binary switch on or mm -hmm. off. So you stay off. Yep. It's a dial and we're going to control that dial and we're going to do it in here. You can keep your binary switch out there in your <laughs> life for now, okay. for now. But I guarantee you, as we start recognizing there's a dial and we're going to learn how to turn it a little bit, there will be times when you will feel yourself just let go for a minute and feeling like, okay, I'm contained, I'm safe. Maybe I'll sob. Maybe I'll just yep. take a breath. Maybe I'll sleep. You said you yep. don't sleep well. Well, part of it is no, I never because have. you're always on freaking high alert. Yep. Always. Yep. And if I do fall asleep, I have really bad dreams. Boyfriend is actually wonderful at comforting me. He's the best person at comforting me, calming me down, making mm. making it almost mm. just like go away. Yeah. Except yeah. if he's not in a good place. He might be trying to comfort me and tell me like, oh, everything's okay. But I end up comforting him and fixing his problem, which is, right. you know, the crux right. of the my problem. And to me, it would be selfish of me to accept the comfort without first making sure of his comfort. Right.
And that's because even moving the dial to one switches from a dial to binary, zero to one, off or on. And if I if I move it just once, then I'm being selfish. Yep. Well, maybe you're allowing him to provide something for you, which is comfort. But this is part of, of recognizing it's a dial, not a switch. And this is what, what we're going to walk through and what we'll keep doing. And it's not something where... Oh, now the floodgates are open. Now I'm screaming everywhere. I'm crying everywhere. What the hell happened to me? Like, yeah, no, no, can't do that. No, it's not going to happen that quickly. Even if we wanted it to, it wouldn't happen that quickly. I don't want it to. <laughs> right. And it won't. It won't. I'm not going to take this stuff away from you. I couldn't even if I tried. We're going to start trying to look for, where's the dial? Where is it? I mean, that has to be a part of my thinking across the board. There's a lot here for you because we're literally yeah. talking about changing the way you think and you have thought for decades, yep. right? And the way that you thought isn't like, oh, it's wrong. Let's change it. Let's correct it. No, it's served you. It's helped you survive. And to a great degree, it's helped you thrive. We're not going to take that away. We're going we're gonna to try to shift it a little bit and tweak it a little bit because we need to apply it to you. We need to take care of you. I can see the pattern and getting to this is where we need to go to start shifting it a little bit. And I just want you, your takeaway today is just recognizing, oh, this can change. It's still hard right now. It still sucks. Yeah, we got some layers to peel <laughs> off because there's so much that we don't control and so much that you are hypervigilant about controlling. Yep. We'll get there. And I give you a lot of credit for, for going with me with being able to slow down a little bit. And I saw some emotion come out in you. Which is weird, but I guess it's, it's good. When we finish up here in a second, I want you to, if you can, just pause yourself for a sec, take a breath, and just recognize that what you did here is emotional and is getting stuff out. Just give yourself a pause right? Just give yourself a moment and go, wow, I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing therapy. I'm looking at this stuff. <sighs> okay. And that's it. Just acknowledge it that way. Okay. This was a intense session. She was emotional which was nice to hear. Yep. There was a lot of what I noticed and you didn't say it until later, which is when mm. I started to notice it more, but taking deep breaths. And I don't know that you said incessantly, but I, it occurred to me that maybe it was an incessant, like puffing on her vape or whatever, right. because I was like, what the fuck is that sound? And, and it was, I don't know the word. It just sounded like a lot. And when you finally said like using her vape, I was like, then I started to listen. I was like, is it every two seconds? Was it just like incessant? No, but it was so, okay. A couple of things that you just hit. First of all, early in the session, she was kind of going off on somebody from work. Right. Yeah. And I stopped her, which we've talked about before. Like I've done that to her a little bit. I literally stopped her and just said, Hey, can you breathe? And I was trying to help her regulate. And, and if not, like doing it in the moment with her, like, okay, we're going to take some deep breaths. I was more just observing. And it was interesting that in doing that and slowing down, she ramped right back up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what she was just like wanting to get things out, she started to right. talk about, she started to leave the friend thing and go into the ex-husband thing. You were like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa. Right. Which really annoyed me when you said, take a deep breath. Cause it always annoys me. Uh -huh. And it was super effective because she did slow down and she did continue to take deep breaths on her own. And then when you said you were going to speak slower, that annoyed me too, even though you I'm never sure really did. did, but, or I don't know if it didn't seem like you really did, but you said that you were going to model that for her, which I really, I thought was cool. Right. Right. So the things that annoy me just by those hearing the words didn't eventually annoy me. <laughs> but initially they did. And that's where my work that comes tolerance in. <laughs> when we're frustrated. Right. Absolutely. That tolerance for when we're frustrated 
is super important. And that's kind of what I was driving at. And that that's something that I even said to her, we're going to shift gears. On a Drew breakdown on the Patreon, Bonnie was on with me and she said, I got really mad at you because Drew got emotional with something and you let him keep going. Why didn't you just stop and stay with the emotion? Mm-hmm. And there are some times when if you know your client and if you, if you know like they're capable of going there, then you know you can get there. Right. If you're not sure, you need to stay there. And early on with Sarah in this session, I gave her the, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to shift gears. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to talk a little slower. And I, I might not have, but I did talk more yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Just to break her rhythm to see. And again, I was observing to see where she'd go. And she went right back in and started something up. So I'm, I'm logging like, okay, she can't quite go there. So let's, let's see if we can at some point. And then there was something that we hit. And when we hit it and I could see her getting emotional, that's when, again, it was like, okay, she's getting weepy. Let me slow down again. Right. And, and look at like, Hey, can we stay here? And I frame it like that. Like, Hey, can we, can we do this? So that they're, they feel that control. They don't feel like I'm doing this. It's kind of going, Hey, is it okay for you to do this? Right. Can we slow down and feel this? Right. And that's when she was alternatingly taking breaths, hitting her vape, sipping some water. Like I could see her trying to regulate with whatever she had. Yeah. It was just interesting. I think, well, the first thing she started talking about was her friend from work or her coworker or yeah, I guess her friend. She, I think she even acknowledged taking her friend's shift in mood personally. Right. And keeps asking, asking her about it. And, oh, did I piss her off? Did I piss you off? And it, she gets really anxious. And when the friend said, not everything's about you, in right. my mind, I'm like, yeah, not everything's fucking about you. And sure, I get it. You're anxious and this isn't, and the way she's dealing with it isn't how she would normally deal with it. But it's not her problem that you're getting anxious about the way she's communicating with you. It's your problem. You have to deal with it. You can't control this woman. You can only let her know how you feel, which she did, right? She let her know how she, how she sure. felt. And that I'm just, this is what I was feeling or thinking as I was listening. And then, and cause she was, it sounded like she was like, I know everything's not about me. And at the same time, like, sure, that's a big statement. I think it was when, if this woman is suffers from depression and she's going through something, you know what? Like, well, yeah, you're, you're, you are correct. Well, sorry to frame it in Meredith terms. You're not wrong. <laughs> and, and there's also what she was saying is that they have the kind of work relationship where they do talk about things, where this woman does share a lot of her things with her. The only time this woman doesn't share things with, with Sarah is when it's about Sarah. So Sarah was picking up on that and she oh. was saying, hey, so what's going on? Like, like, what did I do this time? Like, what, what is it? Because anything about anybody else, this woman normally tells Sarah, that's their work relationship. So her not saying anything led Sarah to, to believe that there's something about her that this coworker was picking up on or was reacting to. So she wanted to just go, hey, what is it? Because I, I don't know what it is. And yet you're, you're also not wrong there because she was getting anxious that there's, and it was uncomfortable working with her knowing she's not her normal work self. Totally. Yeah. And part of it is Sarah's work to kind of regulate that anxiety. Sure. And it might just be like in a perfectly communicative word world, maybe she does say, Hey, coworker. I'm feeling a little anxious today. I'm just picking up that maybe there's some vibe between us. I'm not sure if you want to talk about it, that's cool. It's just, I, I'm, I'm feeling the anxiety right now. I just wanted to let you know that. I feel like she did say that she said something like that. I'm not sure. However, the thing that I was, as I was listening to it, I could totally relate, not to hmm. me trying to, I can relate to the anxiety when it's someone that I care about. And I don't even know if it has to be someone I care about that I'm really close with, but I don't like having 
unresolved conflict or I don't like the unknown that causes me anxiety, which is why I mostly never have unresolved conflict because I don't hold grudges. <laughs> right. I don't right. hold grudges. Right. I think right. I said last time there's only one person I hate. <laughs> but so I can relate to that anxiety. Like that just sucks when someone's mad at you or you think they are, you're not, or you had like a disagreement and then you haven't talked it out yet. You know, it just sucks. All right. But where are you with this? Cause I hear this a lot in, in clients and couples, especially that I work with where one of them will almost your word incessantly uh-huh. go, are you mad at me? What, what's, what's wrong? What did I do? No. Will you yeah. just tell me yeah. what's wrong? Are you mad at me? Are you okay? No, that's so fucking annoying. I will say maybe like once or two, I'll be like, what's going on? And then I'll maybe bring it up. You know, depends how long it goes on for, but I'll say, okay, you know, maybe one more time. I just want to make sure that, that everything's fine or whatever. And eventually, (laughs) eventually I'm just like, okay, then this is on you. And like, I'm going to go about my life. And even though I'm anxious, I know that I will make it worse by pushing. Yeah. And that's, that's, I'm big on allowing another person to be disappointed or to be frustrated or angry. That idea of, are you, are you mad at me? Yeah, I, I am. Right. Oh, what did I do? How can I fix it? You can fix it by just backing the fuck off exactly. and then you be mad. Totally. Sometimes that's what it is. But for the other person who's questioning, are you mad at me? They take on so much more. You know, they take on, uh oh, it's not okay. Right. We're not okay. I'm not okay. They're not okay. I need to fix it right away. Right. They can't, they can't tolerate somebody else being frustrated, mad, you know, in discomfort. And it creates so much discomfort for them. Right. And that's what I think requires some work. And and partly what I was trying to gauge in Sarah, like her kind of going off on some of these situations. And what I kind of got to, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean to jump, I know you hate this, That's uh, okay. but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. We're looking at her being frustrated or mad or feeling that and not allowing herself to feel it. She's got such an incredible accumulation of stuff. And when she was starting to get really emotional, a defense mechanism that I picked up for her is she will intellectualize. She's done that a lot in her life with needing the data that she talks about, right? Right. And she, we could tell, I think, and listeners could probably too, that she was starting to intellectualize things. And even as I was talking about it and talking about her slowing down, like, oh yeah, you got a little weepy when I slowed us down. Uh She's like, yeah, it's that hug feeling. And that's what I want. And then, then she started to intellectualize it more instead of feeling it. Yeah. And she even mentioned, yeah. And there was a, a death in the family. Then she threw in, you know, the thing with her, with her son in high school and yeah. her ex-husband doing the switch against what they talked about. And, and she started to get not only intellectual, but she started to ramp herself up in that sort of dysregulated state again. And that I was like, wow, there really needs to be a physical release of this. There, there's a release that, that needs to take place. Somatically speaking, yeah. she's holding something in her body and that's where me slowing her down. Of course, she's going to like take breaths, hit the vape, do whatever she can. And I, I was looking for like, just screaming a pillow. It's like, oh no, we don't do that. I remember. Yeah. We don't do that in this family. Well, one thing that it really hit me is when you said you don't want to be in trouble. Like you never want to be in trouble. Being trouble growing up was so not okay. And it's that same right. thing of like, well, are you mad at me? What did I do? Like, am I in trouble? Right. And that whole thing is just, yeah, it's, I can only imagine how terrifying that must be for her. Oh gosh. Yeah. For her in particular, it's one thing to be in trouble. It's another when the consequences were incredibly severe and for her, they were. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not like grounded. I mean, it's like fucking put out in the stables without food and water. Like insane. Right. Yeah. The scream thing was interesting because when I was in like rehab and you know, you're supposed to do that and scream and hit the fucking thing or whatever, empty chair work, talk to the, I'm just like, I can't do that with an audience on command. And I wish I could not necessarily with an audience, but like, and every blue moon, I will try it. Cause I know how good just screaming is, but it's always, I don't know. It's a weird 
it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Cause I'm just not, I was just about to say, I'm not a screamer, but I can't, <laughs> but cause I'm not, I, I'm just, yeah, it's just a weird thing. And it's not because I am not allowed to, or I can't trust me. There was screaming growing up in my house, Sure, but I don't know. It just is weird. And yet, yeah, one of my favorite parts of one of my favorite movies is when they're screaming over the like goalie gulch thing in garden state when it's like pouring rain and they just like scream. That's one that Uh gives me like, makes me cry. Yeah. I think that for her, she was saying, yeah, she wants to be able to do that, but like, take it slowly. Exactly. And that's, there is something about letting that out and letting go. And that release is huge. It's a physical release. It's a mental and emotional release. Anytime people talk about like, oh, I don't want to open up the floodgates. That means they're keeping things so controlled. They're keeping it together all the time. Man, it's that idea of control. And that's where I use the analogy of the wildfire versus the controlled burn. Oh, that was so good. Thanks. I wrote that down in Doug's analogies section. <laughs> and it's, it's a great one. Cause you think like, oh yeah, I, I don't want to be this wildfire raging out of control and this thing. Right. But there's controlled burns and it's still a fire burning something that's screaming into a pillow. And the people that are like, no, no, no. What, but once I do, no, I can't do that. And she was right. Cause she said the coworker that went off in an admin meeting and she's looking at, at that person, like, thinking less of that person. Like, right. You don't want to be that. But at the same time she was saying that she was smiling. Right. And I called her on it and yeah. it was like, there's a, I think there's a part of you that's like, that looks pretty good. It's like, totally. Oh yeah. I wish I could do that. Right. Like you just said, I garden state makes me cry. Like I wish I could scream at a gully. Like that's, I, I wish I could, I'd love to do that. And it was funny though. Cause she was like, or I can't, I think you said it maybe it just made me laugh. You're like, I mean, yeah, no, not like a totally fucking inappropriate, like in the middle of a meeting. No, but like, cause I was like, yeah, again, it's like those judgments where I'm like, it, I didn't have, I had a moment of judgment where I was like, well, you know, maybe. And then I was like, nah, I'm probably not very professional, <laughs> like for her to scream in the middle of a meeting, but I'm sure I have before, but yeah, just her, <laughs> her, I could, I could kind of hear her smiling or I don't know what it was, but she wasn't like, Oh my God, that is like, I could never do. She was like in shock that it was happening, but it did sound like there was something appealing about it to her. Right. And I think part of that appealing was like, wow, that's somebody who just let it out. And she's somebody who is so controlled, very controlled. Yeah. And she's had to be, she's learned to be, she's had to be, and she's done it, I think, beautifully for much of her life as a survival mechanism. Now, as we turn from, I said it, I think a week or two ago, as we turn from survival to thrival, it is letting some of this out, letting it go, like be, be a little not in control in a controlled way, meaning scream into a pillow. Okay. My also new favorite thing besides... Yeah, I love the control fire and the wildfire, out of control wildfire, but the binary on and off switch and the dial, oh, Doug, so good. So good. Thank you. Yeah. I've used that before with people. Like it's the people that think that think things are binary, all or nothing on or off. There's a dial. There's a spectrum for all these things. And so many people when they're like, yeah, I'm at this end of the spectrum with this end of the spectrum, you know, and, and I've been talking about on the podcast about calibrating the, the pendulum swinging this way right. or that way. It's all about finding the middle area and finding that dial and being able to, to turn it one way or the other, not just going on off one zero. Like that's not many people successfully or effectively function that way for some things, some places, sure we can, but for our emotions? Not really. Yeah. I don't think that we can, I mean, you can only function that way for so long. Right. I mean, that that's the, that's the being so controlled and keeping it in. I mean, I hear it classically with people come to therapy often because a partner has said, whoa, you just lost your shit. You better get in therapy. <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. I have had many couples, sorry, many clients 
who are in relationships where their partner has said, it's not okay that you just fucking threw a dish at the table right. or slammed your fist on the table, which I think you just mentioned, Marin, like yeah. slamming your fist on the table. Like, that's not okay. You need to check yourself. And I've had people like throw things at, at a dinner table, flip a table, anything that's like just an outburst because they've been so controlled for so long. They haven't had that controlled burn, that sense of letting it out and venting in a way where they can really process it. It's not just about venting it and letting it out every now and then. It's about actually looking at your mechanism for taking the stuff on. And that's what I was trying to do with her is like, look, you were trying to be so strong for everyone by keeping it together. And when I got to stop her and said, hey, if you can see it and make it real, then you can acknowledge it and you can feel, then we can process it and let us heal. Uh (laughs) See how I did that? See how I did that one? Yep. Yep. The other thing that, well, she started talking the episode about talking about not being able to sleep well, and then wrapped it up with not being on the sleep topic kind of. And you mentioned how she's always on high alert. And then she said, and then when she does fall asleep, she has like horrible or like bad dreams and that her boyfriend usually like really helps her with that except for when he's not in a great place. And then she ends up helping him. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, that's what we do. Right. Like it didn't seem to me that she was putting other people first in that moment, as much as she was balancing it, because let's just say she has bad dreams seven times a week or five times a week. And every time she has one, he's there for her. It's like, well, when he has his stuff, which maybe it's less often, just, I don't know, but in this scenario, in my mind, if it is, then it's okay for her to put her shit aside for a minute and focus on him. If he's doing that all the time for her, it's kind of if more of a balance is what I was thinking. I don't know the scenario and I don't know if what the balance is there, but it's, and we've talked about it. Some, she and I, some of it gets clipped, but there, there's a decent balance there of they, they can take care of each other for different things. And what I look for in it sometimes is, is she, allowing herself to give up control and let go and ease into it? Or is she still trying to be controlled so that he's okay and they're okay? And she, she does a mix and it's, you know, there was a line, I, I think I threw it on her, but it's when she had a reaction a few weeks ago when I called her a trauma survivor. And I said, you know, maybe we can change that and not call you a trauma survivor and say you're somebody who's still actively living with trauma. Right. She is constantly triggered and it is re-traumatizing her ex-husband. It, I mean, that's, that's a really rough one for her. Right. And it, it sort of mirrors some of her growing up in the cult and it's, it's just how she relates to people. And when I was mentioning like, yeah, you're, you're getting traumatized every day. <laughs> she said, yeah, Xanax. That's what the Xanax is for. Hell Yeah. Right? <laughs> But it's something like, I'd say there's some truth in that, but there's a lot of truth in that. She was making a joke by saying, yeah, the Xan- that's what the Xanax is for. Yeah. And it's true. It's, oh yeah, yeah. You can get very panicked very quickly, very easily. And it's really hard to regulate. And I give her a lot of credit for this session where she was able to actually, whether it was the vape or deep breaths or drinking water, she was slowing yeah, down. Totally. And bringing herself down. She, she did shift gears beautifully in this session to go in depth with things. And even if she didn't, just the fact that she was becoming emotional and crying was great. Like I didn't think even if she just kept going at a speed and she, if she had said to you, I can't really slow down, I would be like, okay, like whatever's going to work for you right now. Right. So there was a lot in this session and, and you're right, Meredith, slowing her down. She did get emotional and she was able to do it. I will reference this session with her in sessions to come and say, hey, remember that one where we slowed down and you took some breaths and it was a little emotional and, and, and we did that and like, she'll, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like you were talking about your coworker and this and then we, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you regulating yourself. You were able to do that. That's raising her tolerance for it. And that is raising her awareness of it and being able to actually process this stuff is what we'll get to. Right. Sometimes before you can process this, you just have to 
acknowledge that it's there and bring it out. Right. Not control it all the time. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to hear what happens with Sarah. She's definitely, I like this sort of breakthrough moments that she had in this. Yeah. It's cool. Cause if, if you remember the visual she gave of the Bruce almighty file cabinet, like opening. Uh, and just I going, love that. Yeah. Right. This is like, wow, look at that. We opened the cabinet and we almost took out one of the files. Like it didn't like swing way open and knock her on her butt. Like, Oh, we were able to open it and look inside of it for a second. Yep. Love it. Yep. All right. So we'll see you guys. Talk to you. You'll hear us next week. Next week. And you can find us on all the social medias. Just search for your mental breakdown. Cause I don't know all of our tags and ats and such, but we're, we're everywhere now. Aren't we? We are everywhere. You cannot get away from us. <laughs> Wherever you find us, please rate us, review us, subscribe to us, tell your friends and enemies about us. They probably need it more than your friends do. Huh? And, good one. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Well, we'll talk at you next week. We will indeed. Bye. Bye.